the eight. Perik Lamed Aleph. So, the last two prokim, it discussed the issue of how to generate the koyach of beating up on oneself to break one's timtum alev. First one was about screaming at yourself and really getting down on yourself when you're out of line. Second one was noticing and recognizing that all the people around us, according to their life circumstances and what they got going, are really doing much better than we are. And he continues from there. Periklamadalf, chapter 31. Even if a person spends a gishmaka amount of time, Really thinking about these things. An hour or two. To be in a situation of matziv, of a broken heart. Problem is, it's entirely possible that the person will come to being depressed. To a major depression. Says the Balatanya Layachush. Don't worry about it. Why not? After all, via Atsha Atsvas who mitzad klipas noiga v'leim mitzad kedusha. We know that kedusha, as we've been discussing until now, requires simcha. If that's the case, then Atsvas, which is translated loosely as depression, comes from klipas noiga. And it's not from Kedusha. We know about Kedusha. The Pasuk says there is rejoicing in the place of Kedusha. And Chazal, in addition, tell us that the Shechina only dwells where there's joy. It says that a person is not allowed to paskin unless they're joyous. So if that's the case, how can we recommend beating up on oneself if that might lead one to depression? Because depression is the opposite of simcha. Right. I mean, they're, they're mutually exclusive. Right. Okay. Hello. He said it came from klipas noga. Klipas noga could go either way, but it is a klipa, nonetheless. If it's not built into Kedusha, we'll see in a minute how he addresses that. Hello. First of all, if the depression is about heavenly things, about spiritual stuff, then he is So first of all, if it's about if we're really concerned, authentically concerned, about our spiritual status, and it's really bugging us, well then it, that's great, because then it's the good side of klipas noiga. Even if a person's worrying about their sins, it's not appropriate. unless. Unless it's during a time of confession. Meaning, that's an appropriate time to think about doing tshuva. But Zarizal says, a person dare not do that during davening or learning. Then even the melancholy, which is the result of one's worrying about their spiritual status, is misplaced. If it is during times of tefillah, we discussed that already. Nonetheless, generally speaking, if it's not while the person is involved in a mitzvah, he's here to tell us it is a good thing to be worried about one's spirituality, to be down about it. Why? 
Because you got to beat him at his own game. You got to beat the dark side using its own his own methods. Where do you see such a concept? You see it. Chazal say He gives two examples. One of them I understand. The other one I have no idea what he's talking about. But the one that he says, the first one, is that the handle of the axe is made of the tree that you're trying to chop down to make a handle of an axe. So, when you want to make an axe, you got to use the thing itself. So he's saying here too, when it comes to the Yitzhar that wants to get you down, use his own methodology against him specifically. Meaning, the goal has to be, from every depression there can be a great advantage. The goal is not the depression. The goal is not the area of upset. It's what comes afterwards. What's the advantage that will come? That's the joy that will follow afterwards, as I will explain. Ah. However, I want to first define what is kosher atzvus. Okay? First of all, he says, I want to redefine the terms. When we say that a person has a broken heart, or merirus, merirus, these are two good terms, these are totally positive. Lev nishbar, a broken heart, and a bitterness. About one's distance from Hashem. And Nebuch, that we've been forced to live and to be in, encased in Sitra Akhra, that's not Atzvus. Ki Atzvus, who shall live by mitumtam ke'evin. Unbelievable definition. The definition of evil Atzvus, of evil depression, is a person who can't feel anything. The ain chiyuz belibai, there's no emotion whatsoever. The person is just hard like a rock, stuffed up, unfeeling. But if a person's feeling a genuine sense of bitterness, v'leiv nishpah, and a real broken heart, quite the contrary, yashchios b'liboy, that's a person who's alive in his heart, spoiled to be impacted, uli yismarmer, and to regret, rakshichios v'bchines gevurais kiddushais, the only distinction is, that it is a true life force, but it's coming from gevura, it's coming from a harshness, of Kedusha. Ve'asimcha. But when a person feels joy, that's Mepchidus Chesadim. That's from Chesed of emotion. So there's two types of emotion. There's emotion which Nebuch is harsh, Kavura. And then there's the one that we enjoy. There's the emotion that comes from the good side, from the Simcha. But both of these categories, as long as they're coming with emotion, are positive. Okay? As long as we're upset about the right things. Because every heart has to have both. Now, one needs to internally arouse the harsh side of Kedusha. What, towards what goal? This is a concept, well, hopefully I'll find some more sources next week for this concept of tempering the harshness. And one tempers the, 
the harshness by using givura. Okay, shem chinas nevesh abaham is v'yetzahora. What is? What are we talking about? What dinim are we talking about? So he says the dinim that we got to sweeten are the physical drive and our evil inclination. When they take ownership, when they have total ownership, <coughs> dominion over the person. Again, this is a concept that's brought in, in all the early Sifrechsidis, that the only place that you can sweeten the harshness is by going back to their source. So what, do we, what does that mean in this case? So that means the person's suffering from a narrowness. The person is suffering from the fact that their body's in charge. And now he's got to get somehow control back. For this reason, Chazal tells us, A person should always incite their Yetzatoyv. Now, Lo'ila means what? Forever. Always. So he says here, it doesn't mean always. It means whenever you need to. Lo'ila means whenever the opportunity presents itself when Yetzar is getting the better of you. Then be armed, be ready, with full force to incite your yetzer to against yetzer hara. Any time that a person sees that that's what he needs, then he says, "But I give you a piece of good advice." Ah, I want to tell you when the best time to do this is. I want to tell you the best time to do this for the majority of people. If you're down and out about finances, about family matters, about in-laws, about whatever it is that we all suffer from, and we're really bummed out about it, children, you name it, uh, bank accounts, credit cards, whatever we get bummed out about, traffic tickets. So while you're down and out anyway, it says don't waste the opportunity. Utilize the opportunity to say, "Look, I'm down and out anyway. I'm going to get myself down and out about God and about my relationship to Him." or sometimes it's so funny that he says this because I thought I'm the only crazy guy in the world. or when you get down and out without any reason, right? You're walking around the house. I'm really in a bad mood, and I cannot figure out why. I thought I'm the only guy this happens to, but evidently I'm not. So you're down and out anyway. So you know what? Use the opportunity. Beat up on yourself a little bit about your distance from Hashem. Azayu shas hakrisha. Next page. Now is a perfect time. Now is a perfect time to use the yucky feeling that you have, to use a good scientific term, to be a master of cheshbin, to be a master of accounting, like we said earlier, to take account of how, how distant we are from Hashem. And to fulfill the words of Chazal that say, Incite your Yetzotev against the other. And then he says, I want to tell you that the result of that is going to be that the daiga about your worldly issues will go away. I was always intrigued by this. Why is it going to go away? The answer is very simple. It's the guy who's being chased by a mouse and is really freaked until, he st- until the lion starts chasing him. Right? So, what he's saying here is, is that the result of, the result of, when a person says, really starts taking account of the distance from Hashem, 
the checking account is really not going to hold a whole lot of weight as a result of that. Because by comparison, it just isn't, it doesn't have the same bit back. Now, he's saying here, because he's really using what the Marnaim calls and the Toldis Yankiv Yosef and the other Talmud of Hashem say that Hamtaka Sadinim Bisharshan means that it really will change the situation. If a person is able to incite the the judgment, the harshness against their themselves instead of the situation, circumstances, it really will change what's going on. So what's, <laughs> what's the program? The program is, you see her anyway down and out, for whatever reason, either for no reason at all or for a good reason. Say, hey, this is a great time for me to really utilize this feeling that I'm having to towards something. It's a very good, great word. Divert it. Use the energy towards Ruchnius. Use it towards your relationship with Hashem. It's like the idea of if there's a dog chasing after you. Similar, thing. similar, very similar. The Marnaim equates both ideas. Weiter. Uh-huh. Right. I love this. Afterwards, I want you to know you're going to come to a true joy. What's going to happen is is that there's going to be an intense consolation, double consolation. After you have this really hard knock, truthful conversation, person's going to say to their heart. It really is true. Believe Suffolk, without any doubt. I am so far from a Baruch Hu. And I'm disgusting and, 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 and nauseating. But, That's true. My body is really, it's repulsive, it's disgusting, it's distant, it's all the things that we discussed in Perik Chavtes. True. But despite how disgusting and vulgar and lowly my body is, I've got a neshama. And that neshama is made up of sheer godliness. I could be the lowest of the low. It is a godly soul. A spark of God himself. That's in it. To give the body its energy. True. That neshama is in a terrible exile, in the worst body, in the lowest place, but I still got it. It's still there. Now, listen to this, and if you remember, there's a great piece of Peliyot, I'll try finding it for next week. The Imkain Adarabe, exactly the opposite. To the degree that I'm talking distant and far and, and disgusting and, and disgusted. Therefore, my neshama is in a worse, right? If, if you got a guy at least whose body is doing good things, see, his neshama is in less of a golas. But if a person is as low as I am, then his neshama is in a terrible golas. Therefore, I'm going to make it my business to see to it to extract my neshama from its horrible golas. And he's not talking about suicide. That's not what he's saying. That's not how we're going to get it out of the... What's he talking about? 
to return the Nishama to her father's home like in the days of her youth. What does he mean? I want to turn my Nishama back to the place where it existed before it went into my body. It was inclusive in Hashem. And it was unified mamash with Hashem. So how am I going to get it back there? And I'm going to see to it that now the same thing will take place. It's going to be one and unified with Hashem. How? When I place all of my yearning and all of my focus on Torah and Mitzvahs, to enclose and embody in Torah and Mitzvahs all of my personality, all ten of my facets of my personality, especially with davening. To cry out to Hashem in her pain, Migalusa from its goal is Bigufiyamashuk, it's in my horrible, disgusting body. To remove the Neshama from its prison, to cleave to Hashem. Look at the opportunity that I have. In one moment, I can take the Neshama from its lowest place, and by thinking in Torah, and by davening, and by doing mitzvahs, immediately. I return the neshama and have it cleave and connect right back to its source. And, and the way he describes this in the Kutit Torah is in even a deeper way than it was before it came into the body. Bizu. And then now he translates Givald. Look what he says now. Why is it deeper? And then he goes into other reasons why it's deeper when neshama in the body is a deeper connection than the neshama before it came into the body. He says, now he's going to teach us a, a phenomenal lesson. Why is it that Chazal consistently put tshuva and maizim tovim together? Tshuva means repentance. Maizim tovim are good deeds. What's the shaykhs with tshuva and maizim tovim? They, they, they shouldn't be going together. After all, then he says, tshuva, once you do tshuva, you've done tshuva. Why, why do we keep on going back and doing tshuva? He says there are two types of tshuva. There's tshuva for averis where we need to rectify what we did wrong. <coughs> and then there's tshuva for the neshama, which means returning the neshama to its source. It has nothing to do with Averis. It has to do with bringing the neshama back home. Look, he says it inside. V'zui b'chinis tshuva o'maisim toivim. They're not two separate things. It's one thing. It's talking about all good deeds that we do. It's to do tshuva. How does one do tshuva? How does one return the neshama to its source? By doing good deeds. By doing the Ratzon Hashem. So tshuva and Maizim Toivim always go together because every time we do Maizim Toivim, we are doing tshuva, we are returning the neshama to our source. This should be our service every single day with tremendous joy. This is the joy of the neshama as it's able to escape the prison of the disgusting body. To return to her father's home as in her youth. When? Every time we learn a word of Torah, every time we do a mitzvah, every time we do a vaydik, 
This is what Chazal means. That every day a person should do tshuva. He says it's not wallowing in our sins like the Misnagdim think. They want to wallow in the, in the Shmutz. That's not what it's about. It's Lias called Yomov B'tshuva. It's to do tshuva, meaning return the Neshama to its source every single day, every single moment that we're involved in a mitzvah. We're doing tshuva. Not thinking about the Averis. Thinking about connecting the Neshama back to her source. He says, Mavus Chasadim, does that apply to other mitzvahs in Salim Torah? Every. No difference. Now he says, There cannot be any greater form of joy as the removing of the Nishama from its Golos and its captivity. Kemoshal ben Amelach, like the like the marshal that the Svarim gave of the child, a prince, Shoyev Shivya, who was in captivity, and he was grinding in a prison, Umenuvel Bash, but he was wallowing in the garbage. Viyatsa the Chavshi al Beisaviv Amelach, and he was able to escape to his father's home. So what's the point? The point is that here, what's the greater joy? The prince who wakes up every morning in his bedroom. Or the prince who comes home from being in Gullus. Clearly the, child, the joy is much greater for the child who comes back from Gullus. So we should understand that every time we arouse ourselves from our, our, our Gashmias Dika muck and we're able to reconnect Hashem for a moment, that that's what's going on. Ah, he says, He says, let's not deceive ourselves. The body's going to remain the same lowly, disgusting body. So what are we, who are we helping here? The Zayar calls it the, the, the snake, the, the skin of the snake. He says, that's not a... Ultimately, we have not transformed the Nefesh of Bahamas to transform it to be good. The Kol to once again become Kodesh. So what have we accomplished? Nonetheless, Mikol Mokayim... He says a fascinating observation, meaning don't live in deception thinking that you've now, you know, transformed yourself. No, that's not the case. But you have to be able to rejoice just for the neshama, even if the body remains the same lowly, disgusting body. But rejoice for the neshama. You've got to be able to lift the value of the neshama in your eyes, to be able to rejoice in her joy. Without looking at the plight of the lowly body. Don't confuse the two. The body is like a pathetic Rachmanis. But so what? The Nisham is Givaldic and it's able to go back home. Then he says, now he wants to throw this into, put this into Mamasha Gestalt in Ashkafa. And open up the, the other bottle, this also please. He wants to build this into its own Hashkafa fascinating thing and very apropos to the season. This concept is the concept of the exodus from Egypt. Remember, Paris sent along Egyptians with the Jewish people to make sure they wouldn't escape permanently, right? He says, Why did this have to happen this way? 
Lama Hoysik Azais. Why did he have to do it this way? Kilo Omer the Par the Shalchem Chavshi the Yalam had Moshe Rabbeinu and Klaus all said to Par that he's got to send them out permanently. He wouldn't have had an option not to send them. So what? What? Why is it? Why is it just temporary? Says the Baltanya Lemipnesha Rash Ebenavshes Yisrael Adain who betakve bechvalas moli. The reason is, you could take the Jew out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of the Jew. The evil that's in the neshama of the Jew was still in full force. Kilei Pascha Zuamasam, because as Chazal tell us, the poison didn't leave them Admat and Torah until they came to Kabbalah Satayra. Rak magamosam v'cheftsam ha'isa lotzes nafshom alikis migolus ha'sitrach. Their yearning, their desire, was to be able to get the godly soul out of its golus in the dark side, hutumas mitzrayim, in the impurity of Egypt. Uludavka ba'isbroch and to cleave to Hashem. Ukedichsev, like we see in Tehillim, Hashem uzi umu uzi umanoisi. What's manoisi v'yem tzara? It's a it's a temporary respite. It's a place to escape. Misgaviyam minusi. I run away. Who manoisli? He's my place where I run to. But that's temporary, and that's the world we live in now. That it's a temporary respite. Ulechem lo asid. However, in the world to come, kishiyavet Hashem ruach atumim in aratz when Hashem gets rid of evil from the world. Ksev over minus aleisalecho. Then it says there's no more escaping. Then it's a permanent solution. Then it's not manoiz. Manoizli is what we're in now, that it's temporary. And that's what went on in Egypt. That's what we rejoice. And that's enough reason to celebrate, even though it's temporary. Now, when the Yoyis Prinis he says, I want you to understand, now he's going to explain what he, what he said earlier, that this is going to result in joy. Because, to the degree that this tshuva, that this rejoicing of getting out of, temporarily getting out of the prison of the body, to the deeper the pain, the greater is the joy when we can escape to a word of Torah, when we can escape to a word of Mishnah, when we can escape to, go, to do a good deed. So to the degree that we felt the pain before, to that degree, are we going to feel the joy when we can escape? Right? You know, if, if there's nothing wrong when we're stuck in the muck, then who feels the joy when he can get out? Therefore, that to that degree, commensurate with the pain is the joy and the light. When the person wants to pay attention to any comfort, to comfort him from his depression, when he said earlier, He's going to say, look, I didn't create the situation. I didn't put my neshama into my body. The revenge put it there. So, you know, he created the situation. This is what he wants me to do. I'm going to do the best I can do. He should ask himself, Can anybody tell me, why did the revenge do this? To take a portion of his illumination. That suffuses and encompasses all the worlds. And as far as Hashem concerned, nothing has any status. And he took that holy spark and he embodied it and clothed it in, this, in the serpent's skin. And a, a, a droplet of, of semen. What did he do that for? Elamai. Ein zekiim yiridzu hutzayruch aliyah. 
The only reason he did it is because this uh, reduction, this lowering of the neshama was only for the purpose of an elevation. Now he's introducing a whole other element. And that is, this goes back to what we were talking about before, that the opportunity of having life in a physical body gives us the ability to be able to elevate the entire energy of the body. Whether it's in thought, deep or in speech, or in an action, because we have the opportunity to elevate the world by applying all three of these ideas of speech, thought, and, and deed in Torah. We're going to get to this in great length. What that was the purpose of the world was in essence to elevate the world. Up in the top of Mem Aleph. V'im that being the case, this is what I'm going to put my mind to. This is going to be my entire focus and goal all the days I'm on this world. To, to encompass in it every bit of my life, like the Pesach says, to you, Hashem, will I lift my soul. That means, to bond my thought, my speech, in the speech and thought of Hashem. And that refers to the halachas of Torah that we can encompass in thought and in speech. And so too in the realm of deed, in the realm of action of mitzvahs. This is why David Melech calls Torah something that restores the soul, meaning to its source, the source of the neshama. This is what David Melech refers to when he says, "Pikude Hashem Yisharim." The mitzvahs of Hashem are Yosher, the straight, they bring joy because if a person contemplates their distance. And the hopelessness of their life. And then they realize that despite that hopelessness, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the opportunity to return and bond with Him, even in the prison of the body, that is the source of true joy. And we will take it up from here next week in Mitzvah